0: Well, this morning, if you have your Bibles with you, you can open to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We'll spend most of our scripture time in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and we're actually going to go through the entire chapter of 31 verses there. Uh, There's just so much there, and I want you to see all of it in its context um, as we talk about what God has uh, laid on my heart for today, and that is that... Last week we began speaking about what the church is and and before we could really get into it very far We needed to make sure we understood that the church was initiated instituted set up by Jesus Christ He is the chief cornerstone. He is the reason that the church exists and he said himself on this I will build my church And so we as the people of God are the church today and we are An extension, a continuance of the building up of the church of Christ. And so we are continuing that legacy today. And so what we decided on last week from the scriptures, what we understood from the scriptures last week was that everything that the church does, everything has to come back to giving glory and honor to Christ. It has to do that. We have to be about proclaiming who Christ is to the world. And so that is kind of the foundational truth upon which everything else exists. Today what we're going to look at is we're going to look at what it means to be the body of Christ. Because this is another analogy that the scripture uses in referencing the church. Now, I don't know about you guys, I've never really done New Year's resolutions or things like that. But there's something that's kind of been on my mind for a long time to do, and that is a little more exercise. By a little more, I mean a little exercise, because there was none. <clears throat> um, and, and so in that vein, I bought a, a heavy bag and hung it out in my garage last year, <laughs> right? Yeah, that's how long this has taken for me to get to this point. And I, I did some, some looking into some you know, possible things, because with all the kids and everything else that I do, there's just not a whole lot of time that I can carve out for exercise. But what, what I do now, this is, I started this this week, and that is that after we get all the kids in bed, I'll go out for 30 minutes and, and use the heavy bag for exercise. And that is the ugliest thing you will ever see. <laughs> I am not good at it. Not by a long shot. Like, if, if somebody who knew anything about boxing was watching me, or anybody who knew anything about exercise was watching me do this, they would say, stop, 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 stop. You're gonna hurt yourself. Because I don't know how to do this stuff. And I'm not good at it. I've never been an exerciser. Like, going for a jog sounds miserable to me. All right, do, doing things for exercise, purely for exercise. Now, give me a racquetball room and, and a challenger every you know, five minutes, I'll, I'll play racquetball until I'm blue in the face. I love games, and I love competition and things like that, and I will wear myself out at something like that, but exercise is not my thing. And yet, here I am, attempting, because I know I need it, and I want to get better at it. And it's something that is against the grain for me, but this is, this is something I'm trying to do. And it's ugly. I don't want any of you to ever see it. No one even think about putting hidden cameras in my garage, all right? It's just terrible, but I'm trying. And I think when we try, you know, that's where the grace really starts to come in. And so I'm, I'm gonna give it my effort. And I, I said it out loud, now I have to keep doing it. And, uh, and I'm hoping that I get better at it. And I'm hoping that it, it has the effect that I desire And I say that to say this, many of us have abilities to serve the Lord in a very powerful way that need exercise. And the only way that they're going to get better, the only way it's going to look better for you is to get out there and do it. And so today I want to talk about what it means to be the body of Christ because that's who we are. You are the body of Christ. I am the body of Christ. So let's jump into this. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, beginning in verse 1. Paul says this to the church at Corinth. He says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to the mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus is accursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Now there are various, excuse me, there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of ministries in the same Lord. There are varieties of effects, but the same God who works all things in all persons. But to each one is given the manifestations of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, and to another the word of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit, and to another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit. And to another, the effecting of miracles, to another, prophecy, to another, the distinguishing of spirits, to another, various kinds of tongues, to another, the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually just as He wills. We're going to pause right there. Now, just so that we can kind of get into the the context of of what's going on, Paul is speaking to a church in Corinth. And in that day and time, in Corinth, there were temples to all kinds of false gods. And so the the people would worship various gods, and and many of them, as pagans, would would worship several different gods, just to make sure they've covered all their bases. And there were some who were thinking, well, maybe Jesus is just another one, I'll just add him to my list... Of weekly devotions but he needed to under, that he needed to explain to them that there is only one way and, and he was saying this that there can't be multiple ways if there's this one major contradiction and that is this he says no one speaking by the Spirit of God says Jesus is accursed right in other words there can't be any other religion that you're tied up in that is calling Jesus accursed there's a big test for you. If, if you think that there are multiple ways into heaven and that you can kind of dabble in a little, you know, several different ones, if any of them say that Jesus is accursed, you need to get out of that. Because that is not from the Lord. You can't call Jesus accursed and call yourself a Christian. It doesn't work that way. But likewise, there is one spirit that gives a variety of... Of manifestations and a variety of gifts and so there are many different ways that the Spirit will use God's people to accomplish God's will and he lists several things there but all of these things come from one common spirit I think the emphasis here and the important thing for us to realize is this that those gifts that we have because they come from one spirit because they are worked and manifested from one God they cannot be in conflict with one another and both be right. That there is one Spirit who gives us all our unique and different abilities, our unique giftings in the Spirit of God. Uh, Just in my own life, this is one way in which this has come up for me. Uh, For a while, whenever Hannah and Emily were very, very young, Julie and I, we moved back in with her parents just for a few months while I finished school. And so we were living back there at home and <clears throat> Julie's dad, he, he has a gift of prophecy. I don't know if you guys have studied much about spiritual gifts, but he has the gift of prophecy. And what prophets do is they see things as black and white. You know, they, they see this is right and this is wrong. And the, the gray area is, is very, very little. And and with Larry, (laughs) there were certain things in my life that were not necessarily biblically founded that he thought I was doing it wrong. For example, at that particular time in his life, he woke up about 4.30 every morning and went and walked three miles. And for him, he thought everyone should get up at 4.30 in the morning and walk three miles. And if, and if I slept until 7 a.m. and then got up and went to class so that I could finish that degree, he thought I was doing it wrong. And he liked to drop little hints about how I was doing it wrong and, and, and encouragements about how I should do it differently. And there were times where that was in conflict between us and it stirred up some, some bad feelings between us. You ever been there before? Yeah, we've all been there before at some time or another. And it was something we had to work out and work through. See, whenever we're both exercising what we believe is right, we need to have the grace to understand that someone else's gifts might be different than mine. And for for Larry, getting up at 4.30 in the morning, that was his time with the Lord that he didn't have any interruptions. And it was such a blessing to him. He really wanted everyone to experience that same blessing. And it took a long time for me to convince him that that would not be a blessing for me. And there were a lot of people that agreed with me. But, yeah, thank you. Um, But we have to understand that just because we have passions in a certain direction, just because we have certain gifts in a certain area, we can't assume that everyone else has exactly the same experience as we do. There are various gifts. There are various ministries. There are different ways that the Spirit works in each of us, but it's one Spirit. And we can't assume that the convictions we have about certain things are necessarily universal to all, or or passions that we have aren't necessarily the passion that everyone has, but by all working together out of those same gifts, we accomplish all of the will of our Father in heaven. And Paul is telling these these early Christians, he's saying, listen, I don't want you to be unaware about spiritual gifts. People do get empowered by the Holy Spirit to do things. It's true. And they have seen it. They had witnessed it. They knew that there were people who seemed to have a special gift in certain areas, that people were, were able to perform miracles, and people were able to speak in tongues, and people were able to understand the Word of God with wisdom, where other people couldn't. He said, that's all the same spirit. They're not in conflict with one another. It's not different spirits either. It's one spirit that works out his will in various ways. Different manifestations of the same working of the Holy Spirit. Now let's let's continue here in in verse 12 of 1 Corinthians 12. He says, for even as the body is one and yet has many members... And all the members of the body, though they are many, are one body, so also is Christ. All right, so here we get into this analogy that's used several times in Scripture about us being the body of Christ. We all know that we exist as bodies, and we have different parts that have different functions. And he's saying, use that concept now, talking about the church. For by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, And we were all made to drink of one spirit, for the body is not one member, but many. If the foot says, because I am not a hand, I am not part of the body, it is not for this reason any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, because I am not an eye, I am not part of the body, it is not for this reason any the less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole were hearing, then where would the sense of smell be? But now God has placed the members, each one of them, in the body just as he desired. If they were all one member, where would the body be? But now there are many members but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Or again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, it is much truer that the members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary and those members of the body which we deem less honorable on these we bestow abundant more abundant honor and our less presentable members become much more presentable whereas our more presentable members have no need of it but God has so composed the body giving more abundant honor to that member which lacked so that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. If one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. And now you are Christ's body, and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, administrations, various kinds of tongues. All are not apostles, are they? All are not prophets, are they? All are not teachers, are they? All are not workers of miracles, are they? All do not have the gifts of healings, do they? And all do not speak with tongues, do they? All do not interpret, do they? But earnestly desire the greater gifts. And I will show you a still more excellent way. All right, so that's Paul's discussion in chapter 12. And there's a lot there. That's a long body of text. But you hear what he's saying. We are all members of the body. And each of us has a part to play. All of us have some role in which God has equipped us and made us able and developed us so that we can contribute to the work of the ministry, whatever that may be. Now, some of us may think that we're, we really don't have much that we have to offer, but we all have something to offer. It doesn't have to be something where you stand in front of a group of people and, and, and talk. Some people think that that's what ministry is. And of course, the way that we talk about ministry goes that way. Oh, he's going into the ministry. And immediately we get pictures. Oh, that means he's going to stand on a stage and talk to groups of people. But ministry is something we all do. Ministry is something that we are all called into. As soon as we become believers in Christ, as soon as we we trust him as our Lord and Savior, by calling him Lord, we are surrendering to do the work he calls us to do. That's what it means for him to be your Lord, is that you're willing to go where he tells you to go and to do what he tells you to do. And what Paul is saying is that there is a spirit, one spirit, who works in all of us in various ways. And only when all of the body is doing its part can the body fully function according to the will of God. And I've seen over the years how God has brought in people with different... Built abilities, different giftings to help us become more mature as a church, become more able as a group of people to do more of His will. And God is calling each of you to contribute in that way. My encouragement to you today is this find out what that is. You are critical to the ministry of the church. In some way or another, you are critical here. You can't say, Well, I just all I do is audiovisual. That's not all that important. Yeah, it is. Just ask Crystal. You can't just say, Oh, all I do is greet people. That's not that important. Yes, it is. It makes an impact. Uh, it, you, you can't say anything that you do for the body of Christ is insignificant every part is critical and if you're not there the body feels it and in the same way we all need to be encouraging each other and letting them know how much we appreciate what they do because if not for those things we would feel the loss if we didn't have the words up here on the screen to sing along you would notice and there would be some frustration wish i could sing along but i just don't know these words it seems like a small thing it seems like a minor thing it seems like a a, a a thankless job but it matters and everything matters listen when we come together to serve the lord it all contributes to something bigger than we are and when it's working the way that it should work then every necessity is covered that's what God is calling us to do. Now, I don't know if, if you guys have ever been a part of, of one of these things, and I've lost my little sheet of paper that had my instructions on it. Um, but years ago, I, I first um, participated in one of these things, um, and I've done a couple of them since, and it's called um, a spiritual gift survey. Is there a piece of paper there, John Philip, on your chair maybe? Did you steal it, John? No. Not that. Anyway, it, it, was, it had highlighted stuff on it, and I was going to read some of those things off. Anyway, I'll, I'll just tell you some of those things. Oh, did you find it back there? No? Okay. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I, here is, here, I'll give you the overview of what I remember of it. Right? It's a survey that's called Uniquely You. Anybody ever heard of Uniquely You before? It's a spiritual gift survey, and basically what it is, is it asks you a bunch of personal questions. Almost like a, a personality type question sort of survey. And many of us have done something along those lines. Um, but the idea is, it is a, a tool by which you ask yourself a lot of introspective questions. And and by asking yourself these series of questions, you discover something about yourself. And you discover what it is that motivates you, what it is that you're passionate about, what it is that... that gets you kind of going in terms of ministries within the church. I found it. I had it all along. All right. Just remembered where I stuck it. I was like, I'm going to put this here so I don't forget about it. Well, will get that did. All right, here we are. So this, this one in particular, there's many of them out there. This is one I've done several times, and I've really been encouraged by it. And there are, there are 16 spiritual gifts that they kind of break it down into. I'll read the list to you. Administration or ruling. Those are people who are kind of good at organizing, keeping things moving in the right direction. Apostleship or pioneering. These are vision casters. Discernment. People who kind of can understand the, the circumstances really well. Encouraging or exhortation. Uh, evangelism faith giving hospitality when i saw that on the list i was like that's not in the same list as apostleship It's hospitality that's just being nice but no some people really have a passion for that and that comes from the lord and god has gifted you in that way so that you could use it to build his kingdom Knowledge, leadership, pastor, shepherding, prophecy, perceiving, teaching. This is the one that I usually strike the highest on. Serving and ministry, showing mercy and wisdom. And so these are areas of ministry within the church where we can find ways to use these gifts. And this list comes from Romans 12, Ephesians 4, and Corinthians 12. And so, kind of from this list that we looked at today, and what we're going to do as a church, and John was, you know, trying to convey what I very haphazardly explained to him, we're going to go through a survey like this. We're going to make this available to you. What I would like to do is that on a Sunday morning, we would come early to participate in it. And I I think it takes about an hour to go through the survey. I'll let you know exactly what time but I'd like for us to do this in February. So what I have, John has the, the sign up list and what I'd like you to do on the sign up list is put your name on a line and then go through and say, I, am, I will be around, I will be available for this on these Sundays in February. Check all four if you want to, all right? But check the Sundays that you'll be here and we'll try to find the Sunday with the biggest group of people here who are available to participate. In this, And we're going to order the, the, the test so that you can go through it and give some time for us to discover this and hopefully have some, some more discussion around this about how God wants to use our unique gifts in order to fully function as the body of Christ. So if, if you're not sure what your gifting is, this is a tool to help you kind of discover that maybe for the first time. If you've done this in the past, let me encourage you to do it again. Because I've done it three times, and it's always a little bit different. Teaching's always pretty high on my list, but the, the secondary ones have changed and rearranged as I've gotten older and learned a few things. And God wants to use your gifts, and for us to discover what it is we're passionate about, God can use that information to push us in the direction that he's calling us to serve. And so I want to encourage you to be a part of that and let us know which Sunday works best for you. And if you can't be here on that Sunday, we'll still get you one and let you take it some other time. But I'd like for all of us to go through the experience again of getting a fresh view by asking these introspective questions about what it is God has gifted us and called us to do. Because we're the body of Christ. And if the spleen doesn't do what the spleen's supposed to do, the rest of the body's gonna suffer. And so we need to know what our role is so that we can fully participate in what God wants to do in the body of Christ. I want to take you now to Romans chapter 12. 1 Corinthians 12 and Romans chapter 12 are kind of parallel passages. But in Romans chapter 12, beginning in verse 1, Paul says this. He says, therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. Now listen, we don't have sacrifices the way that they would have understood that word back in that day and time. When he says a living sacrifice, that's an oxymoron. A sacrifice was something that was destined to be killed on the altar. And so he's saying a living sacrifice as a way of conveying a meaning. A sacrifice is totally given up. It, it is totally surrendered to the Lord. You have no stake in it. No claim to it. It is completely given over. When he says present your bodies as a living sacrifice. He's calling on us to do the same thing. To say my life is not my own. I will be whatever you have called me to be. God take what you have given me. And make it yours. Use it to build your kingdom. And he says, This is your spiritual service of worship. He says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is that which is good and acceptable and perfect. For through the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think, but to think so as to have sound judgment. As God has allotted to each a measure of faith. For just as we have many members in one body and all the members do not have the same function, so we who are many are one body in Christ and individually members one of another. And since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, each of us is to exercise them accordingly. If prophecy, according to the proportion of his faith, If service in his serving, or he who teaches in his teaching, or he who exhorts in his exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. What he is saying here is this whatever it is that God has gifted you to do, you have unique talents, unique abilities. You are the only one of you that there is. Even if you're a twin, you're the only one of you. And God has gifted you in a particular way to be used in His church for His glory. So whatever that is, do it to the best of your ability. It may not be great at this moment. It may not be highly developed right now. But surrender it to the Lord. Say, God, I'm going to do this for you. He will take it and use it in a powerful way. That's what he said at the end of the passage in Corinthians. He says, earnestly desire the greater gifts. He's telling them, pursue this. By the way, if you're wondering about that teaser for chapter 13, it says, I will show you a still more excellent way. He says, all of this is worthless if it's not done in love. That's essentially what he says in chapter 13. 1 Corinthians 13, that's the love chapter. Read it at almost every wedding that you've ever been to, probably. Love is patience, love is kind. You've heard that before. He's saying love trumps it all. If you're not doing this in love, you're doing it wrong. Don't just desire gifts so that you have gifts, so that you can lord it over people, so that you can compare yourself to them. You're not building stats for yourself whenever you're adding gifts and exercising those gifts effectively. No, you're to do it in love always. But we ought to desire to use our gifts to the best of our ability. It might be clumsy and ugly at first, kind of like me trying to box a bag. But you got to exercise it, you got to practice it so that it will get better. And as I I thought about this and I thought about closing this out, there was one more thought that I just felt like God was calling us to to look at. And that is this. Some of you have learned how to walk. In accordance with your gifts, you've recognized this before. God has revealed to you before, hey, I've been gifted to do these things. I can do this for the church and serve Him well. And believe me, I am blessed by you exercising your gifts to serve the Lord. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2, Paul says this to Timothy. He says, The things which you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses entrust these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. He's talking about three generations right here. Actually four. He says, I've taught you, Timothy. And Timothy, I'm telling you to teach other people. And I want those other people to teach others also. There's an ongoing legacy within a church. If you're serving the church and you're serving it well, thank you so much. But you know what we need to do? We need to train others to do it when we're gone. We need to bring other people in and say, listen, I can see that you're good at this. And I'd love it if you would come along and help me get this done. Because we won't be here forever. The church was established 2,000 years ago and it's still strong and thriving today, but that's not because the same people who started it have been running it all along. No, Christ has sustained it through the years and we serve Him well when we train others to follow in our footsteps. So this morning, let me encourage you, if you don't know that you're gifted to serve the Lord, I I want to encourage you to accept that truth today. That's not me telling you that you're gifted. That's the scripture. That's God himself saying that each one of us is equipped by his Holy Spirit to accomplish his will. Let that truth sink in in your heart. And let me encourage you to be a part of discovering what your gifts are. And the second thing is this, if you are serving the Lord, let me encourage you to look for that gifting in other people and encourage it in them and bring them along so that they can know that they have a role to play. Because if we don't pass the church, if we don't pass the torch, the church will die. We've got to be a part of that continuing the legacy of Christ. Let's pray. God, I thank you that you have gifted us. Anything that we accomplish, anything that looks like success, Father, we we totally give back the credit to you. It is not us. None of us would be able to accomplish your will unless you had gifted us to do so. Father I thank you, that you have known us through and through, that you knew us before we were ever a twinkle in our father's eye. And Father, you had a plan for us from the beginning. You numbered our days. You knew the numbers of hairs on our head. And Father, you have designed us with certain abilities and gifts and passions to accomplish your will. And so, Father, help us to discover those things and then to find ways to use them for your glory and your namesake. And Father, I pray that as we each discover our giftedness and as we each look for ways to use them for your glory, that Father, we would see your hand moving in our community. That we would recognize that we are the body of Christ here. And that when each of us is contributing in our own unique way, you are able to accomplish great things. So Father, call each of us in our own gifting, in our own unique way to be the body of Christ. For your glory, for your kingdom's sake. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.